You're listening to the Hindu Business Lines Field Notes podcast with TR Vivek. Hello dear listeners and welcome to another episode of Field Notes, the weekly podcast from the Hindu Business Line and all things agribusiness. I'm your host TR Vivek. You can now watch Field Notes on Business Line's YouTube channel. You can of course listen to it on our website www.businessline.in or download the podcast on Spotify, Google and Apple Podcasts. For feedback and comments, do write to me. My email is in the show's description. Right. On today's show, we will be talking to Anil Kumar SG, the founder and CEO of Samunnati, an agri-tech startup that uh, many consider might become uh, one of India's first unicorns in this sector. Samunnati is headquartered in Chennai and is primarily in the business of uh, lending to small farmers. It calls itself a farm ecosystem enabler by helping farmers aggregate their produce, provide market linkages and advisory services. A couple of months ago, Samunati's uh, lending to farmers and other related operators crossed the uh, $1 billion mark. However, despite all the buzz about agri-tech startups in India, are farmers really benefiting? You know, Anil Kumar might be uh, the good person to ask this question. Anil is a career banker with over 28 years of experience in areas of um, uh, rural, retail and agri-banking. He started his career uh, with Canada Bank and then joined ICICI Bank. Over the last decade, Anil's work has focused on creating new institutions across the country and operating in the sort of financially excluded markets with uh, support structures for capacity building. Hello, Anil, and uh, welcome to Field Notes. Hello, Vivek. Uh, it's wonderful to be uh, on, on this program and uh, uh, be able to share uh, some of my own journey in, in the agriculture space. Uh, thanks for having me here. Great. Great. Um, Anil, during my conversations with investors in the agri space, uh, almost all of them named Samunnati among their bets to be the first agri tech unicorn. Uh, how close are you to being one today? I, I really don't know. And uh, uh, fortunately or unfortunately, Vivek, nobody told me that so far. Mm-hmm. In fact, I was a little taken aback when you mentioned about uh, that name. Mm-hmm. But having said that, what I would be most happy about and uh, uh, be enthused about is if Samunati can be a unicorn in the number of farmers that we have touched upon rather than mm-hmm. from a valuation perspective. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Valuation is an outcome of a work, but what mm-hmm. excites us, what keeps us going and the purpose of our existence is how can we make markets work for smallholder farmers? Mm-hmm. And if Samunati, I would not say if, when Samunati reaches a billion dollar mark in terms of sorry, a billion number in terms of number of farmers that we have, you know, reached out to is when, you know, we have done something meaningful, I would say. It is still one-tenth of what the whole population is. But, but, yeah, but sadly, yeah. we may not have as many farmers, you know, for you to reach that number. Old, I would say. Okay. Right? Okay. Or families. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we are also enthused about is the journey that started in 2014 uh, has led us to start at least a billion-dollar mark in terms of the throughput that Samunate has been able to uh, push through the pipe. You know, we have both the agri-finance and agri-commerce. Mm-hmm. And uh, when we started this journey, uh, it didn't feel as uh, buoyant and enthusiastic as a sector as it is now. Uh, there was this standard structure that people were saying that, hey, you lend for uh, a farmer and then there will be a real rainfall failure and uh, they will have to go and borrow from informal sources, over indebtedness. 
unfortunately couple of couple of them may take extreme step and then your business is doomed because we were looking at lending for agriculture at that point in time Mm-hmm. it took about 4 5 months for us to explain to them that agriculture is not crop loan agriculture a lot happens in agriculture prior to sowing the seed and a lot happens after the seed is harvested so agriculture is a sector and it is not accidental that 50% of the population of this country is directly indirectly linked to agriculture and we started chipping the block from the fringes of saying agriculture you know is much beyond crop loan mm-hmm. to fast forward you know 2021 2020 pandemic times uh, people have started realizing the importance of agriculture and and this is one of the sectors that that has received significant significant tailwinds as the expression goes mm-hmm. uh, happy for agriculture happy for uh, the farmers and most importantly happy to note that people have started paying attention to this important sector. does it does it always take a crisis for agriculture to uh, merit any attention for that matter anything else mm-hmm. uh, i would say adversity brings people together is what mm-hmm. i was taught in my school uh, the, the last school that i attended asian institute of management that's the only college i went for, for that matter uh, it does it it does uh, bring people more uh, more from a solution perspective you know more from solving the problem collectively or again as the saying goes uh, you know sunlight is the best disinfectant once you put light on the problem there there will be some solutions coming in mm-hmm. uh, anil what indeed is samunnati today uh, is it is it a lender to farmers uh, what do you mean when you say enablers of the farm ecosystem so the the journey started from the debit credit space uh, we make and then we realized after a year year and a half of lending to agriculture that lending are financial services is one part of a lot that happens it is important but not sufficient and a lot of farmers and farm, farmer collectives we engage farmers through the farmer collectives the fpos they started saying that hey why don't you bring us market linkages they are more important than you know than financial services if you look at the you know post harvest and uh, and, and other uh, uh, requirements that's what led to samunati getting into samunati uh, agro which is a agri commerce company which does the market linkages since we work a lot with uh, farmer collectives we had the option of working with a handful of mature entities or working with a large number of uh, small and uh, regional players uh, which require a lot of institution building as well as support structures so we felt working in in this large you know uh, space is better so that we can grow together and which is what samunati is uh, all 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 about so we have we have grown this idea organically vivek uh, started our journey in one dimension then added another dimension and then you know we are expanding together with our our uh, uh, collaboration with a large number of agri tech and agri startup uh, entities in the space mm-hmm. coming from the dimension that there is a lot that needs to be done it the best way to do is in a collaborative manner what, 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 what do you mean remain, yeah what has yeah. remained constant though is why we exist as an organization we exist to make markets work for small holder farmers so the fpos and their members is the reason why we exist as an organization rest all are means mm-hmm. yes uh, what, what do you mean when you say market linkages could you explain uh, what is that and 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 what do you do in right. terms of linking so there are two dimension dimensions of market linkages are market access that the farmers look at from the 
from the activity called farming perspective one how do they buy what they buy the inputs and you know uh, other requirements how do they sell what they have produced the output requirement if you take an individual farmer that individual farmer has access to the retail most part of the input value chain and the first step in the output value chain right so you know i, I heard in one such event that farming and farmer is the only activity where you you buy retail and sell wholesale mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's exactly you know what happens when you go to the retail most part of the input value chain all the other layers would have added you know their cost and and then what the farmer buys in the little quantities is what they will have to pay can we aggregate the demand through you know their collectivization through aggregation that is what our amla approach is aggregation market linkage and advisory services can we make these 500 farmers come together these 100 farmers come together as their collective and then place an aggregated demand the moment you aggregate the demand you need not necessarily go to the retail most part of it you may go to the next wholesaler or a large you know uh, dealer and this, in some cases this is your talk, talking talking of the input side right input side uh so we make whenever a farmer is looking at buying their seeds for example or their uh, pesticides crop protection chemicals you know or equipment so they will have to go to the local seed shop or a you know fertilizer pesticide shop and then buy whatever little quantity that they would like to you know use for their field as an as against that aggregate the demand as a farmer collective because you are coming together and instead of placing uh, say if it is a, uh, a, a you know crop protection chemical bottle that you are looking at buying 100 people would require one bottle each means 100 bottles so for those 100 bottles you may want to actually be required to go to a wholesaler and if this 100 becomes 100000 then you may actually want to go to the manufacturer of that mm-hmm. and in order to in order to reach out to these other players in the value chain like wholesalers and manufacturers a farmer on his own would not be able to do because they don't have one the working capital to place the order for those large quantities or two the retail guy retail shop of an input seller knows me as an individual as an individual farmer and at times i may also get credit from that shop mm-hmm. the moment you aggregate those things would uh, disappear so our realization was with working capital backing it a market linkages where you de- you aggregate the demand for what you buy as inputs for your farming whether it is seeds or part, you know fertilizers or chemicals or crop protection or what have you uh, then two things would happen one you would be able to access quality inputs to your cost of accessing also would come down because there is an aggregated demand mm-hmm. now on the sale part of it there are two dimensions one the small holder farmer after harvesting say for example maize you know will will be required immediately to sell and two things would become important for maize one is the you know uh moisture content how much of moisture is the grain and if the grain is fresh that is not a problem but if the grain has the moisture and you pack it it, it develops a fungus it's called aflatoxin these two determine the quality of maize whether you'd be able to sell or not if yes what is the price and so on and so forth so usually it is dried in the open for the you know moisture to come down so a small holder farmer would find it difficult to aggregate that little produce then take a you know truck and then go and uh, store it in a nearby warehouse and things like that so their preference would be 
I will go to a nearest aggregator, whoever is that aggregator, whether it could be their own collective or a local uh, wholesaler, an aditya as they're called. Sell the produce, take the money, come back and then, you know, invest it in, in the uh, next crop. Or if they have already borrowed money against the produce, then it gets deducted at source there and then rest of it gets paid back. What happens in, in an environment where there are market linkages in post-harvest is where the collective, the FPO, would require a small working capital for, say, 8 to 10 days at the most, so that whenever a farmer comes to their doorstep to sell, they don't need to wait. The FPO pays the money immediately to the farmer and farmer goes back so that the life of the farmer does not change whether he's selling to an Aditya or he's selling to his own FPO. Mm-hmm. In these eight to 10 days, the FPO should be able to put together a truckload of that, transfer that into trucks. And most of the corporates who are procuring from the farmers pay to the FPO as soon as the truck leaves the farm gate, actually. Mm-hmm. But even there, though the corporate says I'm paying immediately upon the truck leaving, the farmer producer organization would require eight to 10 days of working capital. And having that would make the market linkages happen. So when when we, as Samunati, talk about market linkages, we are talking of these kind of structures we make. Mm-hmm. Anil, there seems to be a lot of new players coming into the market. You know, I oftentimes wonder if uh, there is enough juice in this market. I, you know, recently Amazon uh, seems to be keen to enter the Indian farming market, both from the inputs. They want to sell inputs like fertilizers and seeds to the Indian farmer and also aggregate uh, the kind of stuff that you described, um, uh, uh, the post-harvest produce. Um, why do you think it is attracting the attention of behemoths like, well, like Amazon, who you know I wouldn't uh, naturally associate with uh, with farming? Right. Uh, I guess two, three dimensions, Vivek. Number one, there, there is certainly a huge opportunity that people have realized in in putting technology to use in order to bring in market efficiencies between buyers and sellers, Mm -hmm. number one. Number two, thanks to pandemic, people also have become a little more interested to know not just what they are eating, but how is it produced, where is it produced, and who is producing it. And that seems to be one of the opportunities that that is beckoning the uh, agriculture. Mm -hmm. If I can just take a step back, uh, this is a framework that I, you know, I stumbled upon while, while, while having a webinar uh, uh, on, on agriculture, uh, and I would like to share that with you. We all know the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? You know, you have five needs: you know, the, the psychological needs, the safety needs, then needs of belonging, the self-actualization, and egocentric, uh, egocentric and self-actualization. Putting the same framework in the context of agriculture. First step is, you know, access to financial services, access to credit, so to say, to the farmer. Second is customized credit. Is, is this credit customized to my cash flows? Third is add market linkages to that. Four, add advisory services to, you know, how do I produce? What do I produce? To whom I sell? The fifth one is protective layer around what happens if this activity fails? Is there a safety net in terms of guarantees and uh, insurance? Now, depending on where you enter this, you know, this pyramid determines where one starts engaging with the farmer. So far, as, as, as a, you know, uh, what do you say, as, as a intervention, 
not necessarily whether as government or as private sector or as institution all of us have been looking at entering it from a social and societal perspective of let farmer get cheaper credit freer credit and you know schemes and subsidies all of that from the dimension of the uh, the paternalistic societal dimension the peak of this pyramid is where you have customized financial services backed by market linkages advisory services and safety net and markets if they have to make markets work for the smallholder farmers are best positioned to enter from the top mm -hmm. where you need to be an integrated player bringing in all these five services and then work towards making the farmer the beneficiary of these interventions technology plus the flow of private capital into the agtech space with the entrepreneurs coming in and solving one of these five elements or one problem in these five elements is making this market a little vibrant and that is what is creating a lot of excitement is my understanding mm -hmm. because there is an ability to get satellite images there is an ability to use a spectrometer for quality testing there is an ability to you know provide information for the, some of the insurance products that can be structured then there is an ability to capture and digitize the farmer records so on and so forth there is an ability to remotely monitor a input shop should one shop come up in the you know place plus mm -hmm. the you know uh, the the smartphone and other apps that are showing how large number of people can be reached out using technology and this indeed is a huge unmet demand mm -hmm. and, and and the market is uh, uh, pretty virgin from that perspective for mm -hmm. for many of these technologies to add value mm -hmm. this is my hypothesis maybe right maybe wrong i don't know but uh, uh, that mean. brings to mind uh, two questions one is that uh, how difficult it it is to make farmers pay you know already you know we talk about farmer distress how are all these things satellite imagery or spectrometers who is going to who is going to pay for this uh, ultimately is it me the consumer uh, and does that mean that i am not paying the real price for the food that i consume how will these things be monetized or or, or will it be the farmer you know after a few years uh, all these high tech companies will tell farmers now boss it is time for you to pay for these services uh, is, is is that going to happen and, and b is all of this making any difference to the farmer's life at all two dimensions we went one the first part of your question you know who will pay for these services or more importantly whether farmer pays for these services or not wonderful question thank you for asking that any service where the farmer does not see a tangible benefit here and now in terms of more cash in the pocket they would not pay for those services mm -hmm. the standard example that we can look at is there are two ais one is artificial insemination second one is artificial intelligence artificial insemination makes the cow that the farmer has pregnant then it gives calf and then you know the, the cow starts uh, giving milk selling the milk puts some money into the farmer's pocket and hence the farmers are ready to pay that 150 rupees for a shot of the artificial insemination to impregnate the cow and the paravet who does that is taken care of so that that process happens without failure Mm -hmm. the moment we say artificial intelligence i will tell you the npk in your soil and then the moisture and then you know all of that and you know you do all of this eventually your uh, yield will go up by you know 6% 10% and then that difference in the 6% and 10% is the benefit that you have eventually but pay me now the farmer does not pay mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So my understanding of having spent close to 2022 years with the you know with the farmers and agriculture space in my 30 years of banking is tangible ben- benefit farmer pays cash intangible benefit farmer does not pay cash immediately hence the second question then who will pay now who is getting benefited out of it let us look at that first right mm-hmm. if for example the risk associated with farming as an activity comes down who is the beneficiary of it in my view the lenders are beneficiaries of it mm-hmm. because the ability of the farmer to pay is directly proportional to the outcome of the activity that the farmer has invested in right by reducing the risk can we look at uh, uh, you know paying for that service because in a way my portfolio is getting protected on account of reduction in the risk of the activity satellite imagery for example why do you require satellite imagery from a lender's perspective you require it for two reasons one end use of money has the money gone into farming or has it gone somewhere else because your ability to see whether the you know crop is standing gives you the comfort that no no the money that the the uh, the person has borrowed has indeed gone to the farming it has not gone somewhere and hence there is a probability of that farming yielding income and then you know the crop uh, you know being harvested and money being paid back the second one is how good is that crop you know is it going to yield the expected income or does it require attention mm-hmm. both these again monitoring and end use which in a way is risk mitigation and moral hazard dimensions have to be taken care of by the market players mm-hmm. now the lack of data is where most of the insurance companies find it difficult to reach out to the you know to the small holder farmers in terms of the insurance products penetration of insurance is abysmally low in rural areas especially farming and other uh, uh, other sectors by creating data can we then customize products and increase the proliferation of insurance increased proliferation proliferation of insurance too it will increase the coverage of insured population second it diversifies the risk who are the beneficiaries the corporates who are providing the insurance companies are the beneficiaries so in my understanding vivek such services where the beneficiaries are the larger market players are the sectors but the farmer is important from the adoption perspective the cost of this has to be borne by a set of these players not necessarily one player and not not expect the farmer to pay for it okay so uh, so then how how do the corporates or the bank you know which is paying for uh, these services how do they pass it on to the customer uh, it should be the end user right so they will pass it on to me as the consumer of food no two, two, two dimensions they need not pass on to the consumer there is a cost right say if a bank has lent 100 rupees to agriculture there is a delinquency percentage mm-hmm. say assuming it is 2% i'm just arbitrarily putting that number on account of this monitoring this 2% becomes 1 and 1/2% and if that half a percent is going to pay for this service you are still good enough right mm-hmm. or by having this monetary mechanism your ability to take this 100 to 1000 happens now you have a portfolio which is now 1000 and your ability to earn even at 2% is on a larger pie and hence your income is going up for that if there is an expenditure why not mm-hmm. it need not necessarily be linearly passed on to the, the two players in the value chain which is consumer and producer it mm-hmm. can definitely be absorbed most critical one is can we make the activity operate at a higher equilibrium can we increase the throughput in the activity the moment that happens the benefits should get accrued on both sides 
right you know i asked this because indian politics and policy making is extremely sensitive to consumer price you know uh, um, you know because the prices of any commodity or you know onion oil dal anything goes up politicians get jittery and you know there is a lot of knee jerkism that happens to prevent consumer prices from from shooting up you know even if it as the cost of uh, uh, short changing the farmer correct but we have to look at what are the causal factors we wait for that to happen mm-hmm. the 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 devil is always in the detail it could be on account of you know improper planning of cropping it could be on account of wastage that happens in between it could be on account of inefficiency inefficient way of handling logistics it could be on account of lack of processing capability at the farm gate which can increase the shelf life mm-hmm. there, there are multiple reasons where you can address the issue of not passing on the increased cost to the consumer at the same time not charging the producer for it and 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 i i intuitively feel there is a lot that is happening in this space with quality testing and you know the the uh, gap practices and so on and so forth technology would pay pay way for it is my uh, my belief mm-hmm. how uh, uh, back to one of my questions how are then the farmers benefit benefiting are they really benefiting say for instance uh, t- let, let us take the question of uh, agri credit itself um why is there a need for say a samunnati in the first place considering india has a vast network of psu banks which may have greater relationships with the farmers themselves than uh, a new kid on the block so how how are they benefiting and what is the need for these new companies right two two dimensions there again one how, how are they benefiting at this point in time it is difficult to quantify the benefit but it certainly has gained a lot of traction and understanding so that the flow of credit vis-a-vis what it was about 4 years ago has been different vivek now mm-hmm. an entity in agriculture saying that i am lending to farmers and i am lending to farmer collectives or an entity that says i am developing this app for farmers they are not they are not brushed off as some crazy idea you know people are at least you know listening and it it doesn't sound to be a crazy idea so mm-hmm. agriculture requires a lot of uh, domain understanding see unlike other sectors where you can understand the sector reading the reports and uh, and and uh, running some heuristics and statistics agriculture in addition to being seasonal and cyclical is also geographical mm-hmm. uh, the same maize crop behaves differently in two different geographies so one has to invest in domain expertise entities that do many things and agriculture find it difficult to focus exclusively on a sector which requires too much of an attention and some attempts have been made by banks by coming out with you know dedicated uh, uh, resources called agri extension officer or rural development officer but then that officer is there for a brief while and then you know he is absorbed into the general mainstream as this person progresses uh, in the career and then a new person comes in the rural uh, you know rural branches all the uh, sorry all the rural branches because i come from canara bank you know i i started my career in a rural branch of canara bank we have something called a non public business working day npbwd mm-hmm. it is usually in the middle of the week either a wednesday or a thursday and what we are supposed to do is that day customer transactions don't happen we are supposed to go to the villages interact with the villages and understand what are their regional and local requirements come back and be able to be able to structure solutions there while structurally all this sound good how much of it gets implemented and how much of it gets done at scale the scale at which the banks operate is difficult so hence 
smaller players like Samanathi find it relatively more easier because we don't do anything other than agriculture. We do only agriculture. This is our, you know, th- this is our karma bumi. You know, we, mm-hmm. we do this uh, completely. So we have to invest in domain expertise. You know, we have people from procurement side. Most of our recruitment happens from the management institutes that are specialized in agriculture. Uh, we have people from exchange background. We have people from procurement background. In addition to the debit credit people like me, mm-hmm. the bankers. Mm-hmm. Uh, that focus is difficult if the entity does many other things and agriculture as well. The green shoots that we are seeing in, in the last one and a half, two years is a lot of this large institutions, DFIs, large NBFCs, as well as banks are looking at co-lending structures through specialized entities like ourselves. And you are also seeing multiple lenders coming into the agriculture, which was not the case when we started. We were maybe the only one. Ananya was there before us. Now there are host of entities which are into lending in agriculture and that crop will only go up. Anil, give us a sense of the lending market and and the farmer behavior uh, when it comes to accessing loans and repaying them. What has been your experience of the $1 billion uh, credit that you may have advanced? How much of it goes to the small farmers? And uh, how and where typically do small farmers deploy uh, the funds that they borrow from you and uh, how how prompt are they in terms of returning the money? So uh, our engagement is uh, at an ecosystem level, at a value chain level, Vivek, not at an individual farmer level. The model is not opening a branch and then let farmers walk in for their loan. That's not the model. The model is a B2B2C model in which the middle B represents either a farmer collective, a FPO mm-hmm. or a agri-enterprise which deals with a large number of either smaller enterprises or farmers eventually. Mm-hmm. Right? That, that's our model. And between, you know, between the two verticals, one is agri-finance and second one is agri-commerce is where we have crossed the you know, billion-dollar mark in terms of the throughput. Mm-hmm. Our understanding is uh, lending is, is, is meaningful to agriculture and farmers if it is not customized. It it has to be customized and it is a principle of any lending for that matter. Structuring the loan basis, the cash flows associated with the activity is how any loan has to be structured. But given that the lending through the bank started as a crop loan and given that the crop loan is a small loan given for, for the activity, what has resulted in is it is usually a bullet disbursement, bullet repayment kind of a structure. What do you mean by bullet disbursement? When we say bullet disbursement, the entire amount is credited into the bank account after you know the loan is given. And bullet repayment is where after the crop is you know harvested, you have to pay me the entire amount back. Mm-hmm. I'm not getting the KCC into the picture at this point in time while I'm explaining this. I'm explaining how the genesis of crop loan and KCC would be a Kisan credit card. Kisan credit card. Mm-hmm. Kisan credit card. Uh, so I'm not talking of the you know uh, credit card kind of an approach to uh, lending at this point in time. So what that would mean is you are putting the entire, when I said that, it is the, the entire amount of the loan being disbursed into the bank account or in cash to the farmer is where you are transferring the discipline of keeping the cash aside and taking out a smaller bits and investing in the agriculture over a period for de-weeding for applying pesticide and for applying you know fertilizers for the growth and pay the labor and eventually when the uh, when the harvest happens 
you are supposed to get the money back now these farmers also have other other requirements for liquid cash now here is a cash that is already sitting and i have a requirement for whatever emergency and things like that with all good intentions i am not saying that they are not rational people and they fritter away money definitely not uh, i have seen them from close quarters they run their lives very scientifically uh, but there are demands on that cash and to meet that demand if the cash is consumed then there are only two options for them for the next step of either a you know dvding or a fertilizer borrow from somewhere and have that activity or compromise on that activity both of which have an in a bearing on the actual economic outcome of the harvest mm-hmm. right this is all from the dimension of vivek that the crop has not failed for whatever reason whether it is calamity or a, a, a hyper local problem we are assuming that the crop has not failed now what happens if the crop fails the activity has failed in between but the money has already been given to the farmer and he is indebted to the entire amount so product design and product structuring together with a good understanding of managing the risks or structuring the risks in my view are the two essential ingredients while working with farmers in farming mm-hmm. that is why our realization that market linkages are important also stems from the fact that the moment we get into market linkages then you become a partner in the process you become partner in the activity you are an internal player in the value chain there was a beautiful beautiful uh, uh, note that calvert foundation had come out in 2014 that helped us a lot in terms of designing our own thinking on how to engage with lending in agriculture and that note clearly says it is by calvin miller that an internal player in the value chain has a better appreciation of how to engage and manage risk better than an external player in the value chain who is sitting on the fence and taking the collateral as a risk mitigant mm-hmm. so we are an internal player in the value chain the moment you are an internal player in the value chain then the outcome of the uh, the the crop becomes as interesting to you as anyone else so how do you ensure uh, the output or that the money that you have uh, advanced is not used for uh other purposes our typical structure vivek is we for the purchase of seeds inputs and fertilizers we actually give a working capital term loan for about 3 months to a farmer producer organization mm-hmm. to buy these inputs in bulk before the season and stock it in their uh, in their input shop for their members to come and buy there are three kinds of sales that happen cash sales for non members cash sales for members who don't have credit history and credit sales for people who they feel are comfortable but that call whom to give on credit and who not to give is a call that is that is taken by the fpo mm-hmm. by, by their organization mm-hmm. whenever the produce is you know is harvested it is the fpo which does the procurement again in the ideal state when the fpo can do everything all fpos don't do all these activities some fpos say I, i will only sell inputs and i have nothing to do with output some fpos would say i will just do output i will not do anything with the input so there are multiple combinations of the preferences of each of the fpos i am giving you a typical example mm-hmm. if the fpo were to do all these activities the ones that are procuring in the procurement have to do the quality assessment and then those customers who have taken inputs on credit their payment would be deducted from the payment that needs to be made from the harvest so it becomes a like a salary deduction right you you have to pay the monthly salary you have already taken an advance you deduct it up front and pay mm-hmm. they for the second season next season will naturally come back to take the inputs 
they are not investing from the money that they have got from the harvest, right? They are investing from now for the future activity. That cycle will go on. After that, the FPO can store and sell. Store, do a little bit of primary processing in terms of taking out the you know sticks and uh, stones, the foreign particles that they are called, mm-hmm. and then you know sell to respective people uh, in wholesale. The value addition that can come in later, if I can, you know, do a little bit of future thinking is where the FPO becomes a processing space where they also get into secondary processing, not tertiary, secondary processing and have the ability to supply different qualities and grades to different corporates who require them and start making the delta. Mm -hmm. All those are the opportunities that the FPO has so as to start paying dividends to their members at some point in time. And there are shining examples of few entities that have done it. You know, Mulkunur Cooperative in, in, in uh, uh, Telangana is one shining example where they do that. Amul, of course, is, is a wonderful example. But Sayadri seems to be doing uh, terrific. Sayadri well. guys are doing a fantastic job. You know, mm-hmm. they, they are an inspiration to many of us. Uh, they are doing a fantastic job. You are mm-hmm. right. Uh, so there are some examples. Can we cross-pollinate these things over a period? That is why Samunati's option to work with smaller entities is also from the dimension that these are malleable ductile. You know, you can actually make them adopt to newer practices and uh, show what they can they, they can do to their members and then become relevant to their members as as uh, collectives. Mm-hmm. That's the idea. And it is a journey, Vivek. You know, it's just, it has been only five years since we started. Last three years for the sector have been great. Uh, I, I would certainly see next five years for, for farmer and sector, maybe in 2025, if there is an opportunity to talk to you, I would be able to give example and example of how this has resulted into more money in the farmer's hand, mm-hmm. tangibly. Today, it's an expectation. Look forward to that. Look forward. Thank you, Anil, for joining us on Field Notes. Uh, And until we meet next week, goodbye and God bless. Thank you.